0: Episode of Full Court Press presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me today on this
1: lovely Saturday afternoon is Jawan Carter. What's up, Jawan? What's going on? Ready to talk some unfortunate basketball uh, draft uh, news, I guess. <laughs> yes.
0: Indeed, uh, we're going to be breaking down the draft lottery. Uh, we are um, going to be breaking down all the ins and outs, the, the winners, the losers, all of that. Uh, in fact, uh, interestingly enough, Joanne, this is episode 123 of our podcast, um, which I point out because, um, you know, Zion wears number one. There are two people out there who people consider the goat who wear twenty three um just something I thought was interesting uh but regardless um, the lottery played out in a very uh interesting manner um w- Three teams vaulted up into the top four with these new uh, lottery odds. We had one team who was in the top four stay, and that was your Knicks, um, though they moved down to three. Um, and uh, it, it, another thing of, of note is that you know, the two smallest markets uh, ended up being one and two. The two biggest markets ended up being three and four. Um, I don't think the NBA could have wished for anything better. Honestly. Like, um, I I, <laughs> I this is the only time that I'll say this for this, this whole podcast, I promise. Um, but uh if it ain't rigged, then it's 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 a glorious outcome for the NBA in my opinion. Um you have two small markets who are constantly struggling to sell tickets. The New Orleans uh Pelicans have sold an exorbitant amount of season tickets since this draft lottery. Um, So it's great for them. I'm sure, I'm not sure, you know, as far as the season ticket sales for Memphis, but I'm sure um, they are going to be a lot better than they were last year, Um, you know, with the number two pick uh, to go alongside Jaron Jackson. Uh, And, you know, uh, I think, uh, the NBA is the biggest winner um, outside of maybe New Orleans in this whole situation, um, because not only do you get your two smallest markets, um, like you know the two best players in the draft or two best prospects, I should say, um, but you also get your two biggest markets with number three and number four um, with the ability to either draft and utilize that player or make uh, any number of various trades. Uh, I think the NBA definitely comes out a big winner um, after uh, everything played out the way it did. What are your thoughts on that broadly before we get into the actual minutia of um, the teams and where they're picking?
1: I, I'm i a firm believer. Uh, you, you know this, Nick. We say this all the time. I do think it's unfair for some of these smaller markets because, like, if you don't draft really well, um, you just – no free agents are going there. Uh, Milwaukee is a huge example. Um, I think if they can get to the finals and win the finals, that's more attractive. Um, But no one wants to live in Milwaukee. No offense to you, Milwaukee, um, but it's just, like, there's no nightlife. There's no partying. People kind of want that kind of atmosphere, Um, which is weird because no one ever goes to New York. No one ever goes to the Lakers. (laughs) <laughs> um, those are like the pinnacles of, of nightlife. Well, I wouldn't say stuff. no one
0: ever, just as of late for L.A. In the
1: past 20 years. A, in the past 20 years. And it's,
0: been a, it, no in past, and it's been a while for New York, yes.
1: Right, right. Um, But I, I don't like the the changing of the draft. We, me and you both know Joel was a huge fan of it, and then we got screwed over right. by it. Um, I'm just not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it mainly because you were trying to get people out out of tanking, right? They just right. found a new way to tank. Like that—that's all they yeah, did. Absolutely. They found newer ways to tank. So to me,
0: whether it be the Lakers it's... shutting down LeBron early or the Pelicans deciding to essentially put a minutes limitation on Anthony Davis, both of those teams right. benefited off of that. Um right. So yeah, absolutely. There's just there's there's teams are going to find new ways to tank, and it's like now you've You've broadened the the line, um, if you will, uh, on where where a team should justifiably tank, and you've made that line go further than one through say four or five to like one through ten.
1: Right, and to me, I, I was I'm never I never have an issue with with tanking, because um, it doesn't usually come from. Uh, it doesn't usually come from good teams. It comes from bad teams who understand that it's a struggle to draft well if you don't have the right people. So what what easier choice than having the number one choice? Um, so I right. never usually have an issue with that. Football is where I tend to have more of an issue with that because um, it's a lot harder to tank because it's not just like, oh, Tom Brady's your best player. I just sat Tom Brady. And now, like, we're still losing games. No, people are playing for contracts. Right. Like, the whole team is going to want to play hard. Um, so that's why Not I to mention, from the-
0: just in basketball, like, one player makes a much bigger difference than in football. Right.
1: right, right, absolutely. So I never have a problem with that. And if you watch any of the Knicks games this year, you never felt like they were tanking. They were competitive, and I want to say at least 60% of their games this season. Um, they, it they actually so, like, kind of reminded me of the Hawks from last year.
0: Like, the Hawks had a lot of close games that they lost, um, like, down the stretch. And the Knicks kind of in, – in, in, you know, I didn't watch – I only watched, like, a handful of Knicks games. But in the games that I did watch, they looked like they were, like, at the very least competitive in a lot of those
1: games. Right, what it came down to, which me and Joel said we could live with because that's, that's the first step, um, a lot of their games came down to you didn't have anyone close out games. Like Kevin Knox isn't there. Right. Dennis Smith Jr., when he came, isn't there. Um, Moutier was somewhat closing for some games, but he's not a consistent guy in that aspect. So it was just a close game. Yeah, that's game. Not,
0: definitely not who you want as a closer.
1: <laughs> right, right. So to me, I kind of felt like the Knicks finally did something right and they deserved a win. Um, and Zion would have been that win. And, again, for anyone listening, you're going to say, Juwan, you're biased. Yes, yes, this is coming from me being biased. <laughs> but um, it's still factual Absolutely. in the sense of the fact that the Lakers had LeBron, but yet somehow the Suns got a worse pick than, than the Lakers. So, like, that's what I right. mean by the sense of it's, just, it's not fair. It's just not fair. It's not. Um, so, to me, you changing the rules like this, doesn't make anything better because I can guarantee you as much as we'd like to think Zion is going to fill the smoothie arena, he's not. If Anthony Davis couldn't do that for you, Zion's not going (sighs) to do that for you. And I kind of, no, no, I I get your point in the sense of he's more of a box office draw with all the hype and everything like that. I get that. My thing to you is Nick, what happens when they start losing? Not the first season. I'm talking the second season, the third season the fourth season. Well, yeah, you don't think it's up that the Pelican team, it's up to the, the Griffin to put around. together talent
0: around Zion. Like, right. that's ultimately going to be like what you have to do in order to, cause like, you know, for instance, like Memphis, like had great ticket sales um, up until they started losing. Okay. Yeah. has Had great ticket sales throughout their tenure. Um, but like what happens when Russ and PG are gone and you're rebuilding Probably not going to have great ticket sales. Um, no. And interestingly, and, interestingly enough, OKC was the only team out of thirty teams to vote no on the um, uh, revised draft lottery odds. Every other team voted yes, and I find that interesting. Um, I don't know why so many teams voted yes on that. Um,
1: I, I I don't either. It's,
0: it's a I little baffling to
1: me. To me. The idea was the only reason they revised the draft was that fans wouldn't have to be subjugated to coming spending hard earned money to watch their team not even try. So what right. I find funny about that is you as the teams control that. All you have to do is tell your team stop rolling over. Like it shouldn't be like I have to I have to hold your hand for you to get that you shouldn't roll over during the season. So I'll change the right. draft. Uh, so you can't do it. No. Like, if you voted yes, it means you're smart enough to know. I could have just been making my team competitive and and just, you know, wherever we we fall, that's where we fall. So, to me, Mm. it's it's very confusing. And what I find funny is Chicago Bulls, Phoenix Suns, like, uh, no offense to you, Nick, the Atlanta Hawks. How do you guys feel knowing that a LeBron James team – has a higher draft pick than you guys. Right. And it's like, you voted yes for this, and look how dumb it turned out to be. Like, look how dumb it actually turned out to be. And Absolutely. I don't think it will happen. I do not think it will happen. Let me, let me stress this. But if by some luck of, of a miracle, uh, Griffin is able to get Anthony Davis to buy in to staying, the NBA just awarded New Orleans having two great players with from a franchise that has shown it's not able to kind of, you know, load that team up with talent enough to make yeah. a deep playoff push. um, And I can't yeah. even look at the Pelicans like I look at uh, the Trailblazers because I look at the Trailblazers in the sense of if they can't get a guy like Kevin Love this upcoming season, I don't see Damian Lillard and CJ making it this far, like, consistently. So it's oh, one of those no. things to where it's like, it's like, you know, okay, Anthony Davis made the playoffs that one year, and I think they got past the, the first round. But, like, how many times has he, he made done it that in years. the course of his eight years? No, no, I'm saying the, the one time he made it past the first round. Oh, he man, he's been to the playoffs twice. Year. Yeah, yeah, last year, yeah. Um. So it's like, okay, you got Zion, you got Anthony Davis. Let's say Zion does live up to the hype, and they do make the playoffs in their second year or first year or whatever. How long do you think you can sustain that without actually surrounding that team with one legit veteran? Um, I think the coach is good. I, I think he's solid. I, I think I want to give uh, Alvin a shot. I do shot like Alvin Gentry. Zion, yeah.
0: um,
1: before I say that, you know, they need new coaching or whatever. Um, But to me, sure. I just I don't like him being in that market. I don't like him being kind of closed-in, boxed-in. And I want to say this before I pass it back to you. Anyone who's saying, because I had this conversation with Joel, anyone who's saying he should go back to college only to then re-enter the draft next year, you're dumb. <laughs> One, yeah. because yeah. – If you're doing that just to get to the Knicks, you're betting a lot on the Knicks being able to strike that again. Um, Or if you're looking for a better market, if you're yeah, that's
0: what I was gonna say. If you're looking for a better market, there's no assurance. Like the Kings could have the number one pick next year. Like, and then you're right back where you were. Like it, it, yeah. That's that's a stupid notion.
1: Yeah. So to me, it's like let's. Stay in the league. You're going to get a lot of money um, from, from your contract. You're going to get a lot of money from whatever shoe deal you decide to, to sign. And you're going to have a bright future whether you sign with Rock Nation Sports or you sign with Clutch uh, Clutch Sports. Either way, you're going to be a very rich uh, – how old is he? 19, 20 years old? 18, 19? 19, um, yep. You're going to be one of the richest 19-year-olds uh, ever. So yep. just stay the course. Unfortunately, this is how the basketball guys have decided your fate for you to be a Pelican, right. embrace it, and if anything, you know, if you're smart, you know, play out this, this rookie contract and then bounce. Like, don't do not do what Anthony Davis did. He regrets that. You know, if you seriously don't like it there, play your first throughout your first contract and bounce. Get up out of there, whatever you decide. Yeah. To the, only, the only thing with that is you have to take the
0: qualifying offer which means you are leaving maybe $25 million on the table, maybe more by then, um, in order to do that. Um, But, you know, if there is a player who could do it, it's certainly somebody like Zion, um, who's, you know, going to get a max um, for his second contract, barring any sort of, like, um, catastrophic injury of course um so that that's certainly a possibility um and something that he should consider another thing that he may consider is playing overseas um i think he could get like a really fat contract from you know like a a, a real madrid or even like a team in china i mean we remember how much they were willing to pay Dwayne wade um yeah to, to go play overseas um I mean, if you could get like a number that would make up for you starting your rookie scale contract a year later, like if you could get $30 million contract to go play in China or thirty five, maybe even, like whatever it is, um, that might be worth it um, if you really don't like well, where you're going. Um, well, but you what this. comes with
1: that – go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'll ask you this. Like, if you do play overseas, right, you, you eventually, when you come back, have to go through the draft. How do you know right. then you still don't end up where you don't want to be?
0: Exactly. And that's that's what I was getting at. Like, you could do that, and it it could make sense money-wise and everything else. Um, But how do you know you're not going to end up right back where you started? And furthermore, right. like, how How is your brand, how is like any sort of deal you want to sign with Nike or whoever going to be affected by you not playing in the NBA? One would have to think it would have some effect. You wouldn't be able to capitalize um, playing in China or Europe um, the way you would playing in the NBA no matter what market you're in, no matter what team you're on, um, I I I think the notion of him not going to New Orleans at this point in time, given that they have the number one pick, is is um, if if he's got someone advising him to do that, then he needs to fire that person immediately. <laughs> like go, like like you said, Juwan, go to New Orleans and um, you know at the very least, uh, what I would do if I was Zion, I would go to New Orleans. I would um, commit myself to playing there for seven years, i.e. the Gordon Hayward contract where he plays out his four rookie uh, rookie year um, uh, contract and then signs a uh, four-year deal with a player option on the fourth year. So that commits you to seven years. Um, and like you, that is the best way to have – flexibility and to also get the most amount of money um, and if I was his agent or his advisor or whatever that is exactly what I would be telling him I'd be like look like they have a good GM in David Griffin um, maybe slightly overrated by some um, I think he gets maybe a little too much credit for you know what he did in Cleveland um, but Also, I think he probably learned from what he did at Cleveland, Uh, so I think he's probably better than he was then. Uh, And you know, a a good GM, a an excellent trading chip in Anthony Davis, and you know, uh, you still got like Drew Holiday and a lot of cap space next season when Solomon Hill and each one more come off the books. Um, So, um, if I'm uh, Zion, I'm totally going to go to new Orleans. It's fine. Um, it's not ideal, but it's, it's fine. Uh, and, and hope they can build a really solid team around me. Um, and there are a hundred different, um, paths to which they can do that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think ultimately we're on the same page as far as, Um, what Zion should do as it pertains to Zion, not as it pertains to what we might want as, you know, you being a Knicks fan and me being a Hawks fan. Um, It doesn't make any sense for him not to to go into the NBA. All right, but let's, like, get into it. So, New Orleans, you know, obviously they got, you know, unless anything crazy happens that, you know, we think would be stupid, they got Zion, Anthony Davis has come out like almost immediately and said he still wants to be traded. Um, Gail Benson uh, has said in the past that if he wants to be traded, like then they will trade him. They don't want to keep somebody who doesn't want to be there. um and furthermore, um she has also said uh, uh, you know there there has been a quote floating around the interwebs uh, as far as her saying, uh, as far as them trading him to the Lakers, it would be over her dead body. Um, I think I think the Lakers would have the best offer if it weren't for the blood clot issue with Ingram. Um, even despite that, I think they may still have the best offer um, if they make the trade um, – you know, and and don't have to worry about including Ingram, which would mean they would have to make the trade before the draft. Um, but as of now, I think they probably, from from all the reports we've gotten, they don't want to send him to the Lakers. They probably would rather not send him to somewhere in the Western Conference. That's just a thing that happens. Like teams don't want to. Trade, you know, their best player to another team in the same conference. So if you're looking forward, you're looking over to the East. Um, I think there are three teams who stand out in the East who have maybe the assets and the um, the 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 um, you know would would roll the dice on trading for him. I think you're looking at the Knicks. You're looking at Boston. If Kyrie stays, if he doesn't, which is, you know, I would be definitely betting on at this point in time that he does not. Um, uh, but they would be in play. And I think Philly could be in play. Um, that There's a lot of various ways that they could make a move. Um, but, you know, one of which would involve Ben Simmons, one of which would involve Joel Embiid. Um, that, that's probably my least favorite for, um, for, uh, you know, for New Orleans, simply being that, you know, uh, I, I would love to get Ben Simmons. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily going to be on the table. Uh, I don't think Embiid's going to be on the table either, but even if you get Embiid, who as great as he is, it's like, how well does he fit with Zion kind of have a, a very similar problem to how Simmons fits with Embiid. And, of course, there's the injury concern. Um, so I, I think they're a distant third in this argument, um, being that I do not think that the Celtics are going to retain uh, Kyrie Irving. I think that makes their offer insignificant. I think the Knicks, to me right now, are the clear front runner. Um, you know, I shot uh, you a message earlier. Um, in order to get it done, as far as like the cap, um, as far as matching salaries, um, it would take uh, Barrett, assuming he's the number three overall pick, um, signed and then traded uh, after the after free agency, uh, a la um, the Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love. Uh, swap with other pieces, Um, and then, you know, you would have throw in uh, Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nilakina, and Mitchell Robinson, um, plus whatever cache of draft picks that, um, you know, would be necessary to get the deal done. Um, To me, that's, like, I, I feel like, though, the Lakers may be able to make a better offer as far as Current players, um, I think, as far as draft assets, the uh, Knicks have much better because that that Dallas pick is unprotected, and Porzingis obviously has the injury concern. Um, like we we were all wowed by what Doncic was able to do in his rookie season. However, he um, you know is not. Uh, a, it's going to be a big question for him whether he can uh, get in shape, maintain stamina, and be a leader on a team because he has not proven that yet at any point. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned to you before that they, uh, the Mavericks, were five and five without um, Luka, and actually have uh, a better um, plus-minus with him uh, or they're better statistically, better with him off the court than on the court. They score 0.5 more points per 100 possessions with him off the court than on the court. That's something to be concerned with um, for them, uh, despite his, you know, very very apparent obvious talent. Um, what do you think about the Knicks chances right now of, of getting a D uh, and I obviously, again, we know your are biased. Um, but I feel like as, as a Knicks fan, you would almost be, be more biased in the other direction thinking, yeah, it, it's not going to happen because it never, that shit never happens for the Knicks. So like, we can keep that in mind. Um, but I, I do, I think the Knicks have the best chance. If I were to, to, place betting odds on any team to get Anthony Davis right now, I would think it would be the Knicks. Um, what are your thoughts on potentially signing Kevin Durant, possibly Kyrie Irving, or Kimball Walker, or maybe KD, and just a slew of role players, um, and then trading for Anthony Davis right now?
1: Well, this is going to sound weird, I know everyone's going to bite my head off, but I'm not 100% sure I want to pull the trigger on Anthony Davis um, right now. Mainly because I kind of feel like if he goes to Boston and there's no Kyrie, like Kyrie comes to New York, we got Durant. What I would like to see is I would like to see, <clears throat> excuse me, what Fidsdale and, and that Knicks organization can kind of do with some of those young pieces, um, bringing in guys like, you know, Kyrie and, and Durant. And obviously, a lot of those are one-year deals, so you would bring in some more veteran talent to help those guys out. Um, but I kind of feel like if we wait um, and allow Anthony Davis to just walk in the – You dorm, won't have the cap um, space. we won't have the cap space at all? We would have to trade no. to get that cap space is what you're saying. Yes.
0: Cause yeah. Because my mindset was – There's no chance you would not get, have the cap space.
1: My mindset was if we get Kyrie and KD – and then we still traded for AD. How would we have enough to do three super maxes? Well, not super maxes, but three three max deals. Because so someone uh, would have to well, take
0: that. No, because you would you would have the bird rights to all of them. So like, you, you, and James Dolan, for all of his faults, has no problem with paying the luxury tax. Like we know that, right? Um, yeah. So like, no, I mean, you, you the the biggest the biggest problem with signing Kyrie, KD, and then trading for Anthony Davis is you wouldn't have any cap space to go out and fill out that team. Um, right. So you'd be essentially relying on um, – you would have about $3 million, a little over $3 million um, in cap space left after that um, mm-hmm. from, from my calculations if you – um did not pick up trier's player uh, team option um, you you uh, and you worked out a trade to get off of Lance Thomas's one million dollar guarantee and Damian Dotson. um and that and that would be easy. I mean, essentially, I think for that that's less than three million dollars of salary, you could just basically, Send that to like Sacramento or Atlanta or wherever, and be like, "Look, we'll we'll give you five million dollars to just take on this salary, or we'll give you fuck, we'll give you ten million dollars just to take on this salary." Like, there, there's plenty of small market teams out there that would do that, um, but you know, you yeah, wouldn't you wouldn't have you wouldn't have any recourse to bring in quality role players to surround those three guys, which would be concerning to me. Like, you know, I I brought this up earlier in a a, um, conversation that that we had, I would honestly just rather sign KD, sign a bunch of really good quality role players. The three that I have in mind are um, Patrick Beverly, Danny Green, and Dwayne Dedman, and then trade for Anthony Davis. So that way you have, your two superstars, and Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and then you have three quality role players, all who play great defense, all who can shoot beyond the arc, so you can spread the floor, Um, and, like, I just think that's a better team than anything you would be able to do if you used all of that money towards Kyrie, who does, essentially, is, is, essentially like a poor man's Kevin Durant, like, yeah, he he's great. He can iso and, you know, do all this shit, but if I have Kevin Durant, I don't need that. I'd rather have like like three other dudes who can like defend and like hit wide open threes um and and essentially just, you know, um be cogs in in the wheel. Not to mention, I don't know if Kevin Durant I don't think Kevin Durant would want to leave Golden State to go play with Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis, because it's going to be the same fucking narrative that we've criticized him for at at Golden State. I mean, granted, you're dealing with guys who have never done it. Um, Well, you know, Kyrie did, Um, but Anthony Davis hasn't, and they've never done it together. Um, So it is slightly different, but like, I don't think that's necessarily great for his legacy. I think having, uh Like a secondary guy like Anthony Davis, who would absolutely be the secondary guy on a team with kevin Durant um and then a bunch of role players, I think that would be not only a better better fit for the skill sets that you have in those two stars um but I think it would be a better narrative um for for Kevin Durant as far as for his legacy um and and you know that 's kind of where I 'm at with that. Um, who knows what the Knicks are will be able to pull off, but um, you know, just as a as a not as a Knicks fan obviously because I'm not, but as a basketball fan, I'd rather see um, KD AD with some solid role players than KD and AD with Ky- Kyrie.
1: I'd honestly rather see Kyrie, R.J. Barrett, Durant, um, Noah Vonley, and Mitchell Robinson. That'd be my ideal starting lineup heading into next season. Mm. Um, and then you could figure out, like, you could still trade um, some of those those nice <laughs> pieces that they Who have. The oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Mitchell Robinson can't shoot. Noah Vonley can't
0: shoot. So, like, no, Vonley, now you've no, got No
1: Noah Vonley can hit threes. He definitely can hit okay. threes. Um right. uh now is he is he a uh I I'll even say this. I I think if you put the numbers together again, uh, I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying I think if you put the numbers together, he offensively could do about the same stuff Draymond Green can. Offensively, not defensively. Mm-hmm. Offensively. Um yeah. Noah Vonley has been um a really solid contributor defensively for us this year. Um, right. My yes, thing with yes. that is,
0: I think, I want I think Joel got guys... him as Defensive Player of the Year for our first, first quarter awards. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. And Listen, as crazy as it sounds, that's how good he was playing for us in, the, in that stretch. Um, He was really yeah. good throughout no, the entire year, but that that first, when Joel was saying that, was, yeah, he was huge for us. Um, but yeah. I, I also oh, like, oh, A yeah, very yeah, biased pick, you know, but sure. Oh, no, 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 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll never lie about that. Um, but the reason why I want two anchors like that is one of the biggest things that works with Golden State is the idea of Draymond, what he brings defensively, what Clay brings yep. defensively, and then what Durant could do yep. defensively. So if you never have That's to what worry I'm saying about now. someone coming. No, no, I get your point in AD. I'm just saying my biggest thing with the Knicks is their, their toughest thing trying to figure out is how to and you said it beautifully. And if they felt like you Nick, I say pull the trigger on everything Nick said, let's make it happen. They don't. And I'm trusting this new regime right. because they've seemingly done things right so far. Um, but it's still the idea of the Knicks will nick every chance they get. So to me yeah. the most well, ideal Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: No, you you finish. The most ideal situation.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, no, I was saying, because to me, the biggest thing was, and I, I'll tell you guys this till, till the day I die, the Knicks should have pulled the trigger on, on Melo because one thing you didn't want to do is let Chicago, who was stacked at the time, get a chance to sit down with Melo, let Kobe get a chance to sit down with Melo, um, because he, he would have left. He would have went to either of those teams because they were better suited than the Knicks were. They just were Like, you had Derrick Rose, who was still seemingly Derrick Rose, Um, And then you had Kobe Bryant. Like, you think Melo honestly wasn't going to, like, actually sit down and be interested in that? Um, So I'll I'll still support that. But if the Knicks did wait, that supporting cast they had um, on the team already, I felt like was built the same way um, Doc Rivers had the Clippers built. uh, Have the Clippers built, I'm sorry. Um, sure. And I thought yeah. they could have, I thought if D'Antoni was not the head coach in, in that Mellow trade and Woodson was, that team was, was really good. If you hadn't traded for Melo and instead just um, paid for him and placed them into that, that, that ensemble. Um, so my mindset is always, sure. if you could sign two max guys like a Durant, like a Kyrie, and then just, put them into the system you already have. Of course, go out, get a few more veteran guys. But if your lineup is Kyrie, R.J. Barrett, Durant, Vonleh, and Mitchell Robinson, I honestly do not, one, I don't think that that team would, would necessarily struggle. I think it would still be top five. Mm. Um, and, and I don't think yeah. that that team, yeah, just top five. I didn't say number one. I, I just top five, yeah. top five in the East. Because um, I do think that roster could give, Milwaukee a run, it could give Boston a run, Indiana a run, um, Toronto whether or not they keep uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, and again, I'm not saying that this team would go to the finals, win the finals, but I'm again not saying that that's a horrible lineup heading into. I think um, you have two uh, options. The, the playoffs. I think you have two options here.
0: You either sign KD and Kyrie, and then well, you have three, but I think you have two viable options. You either sign Kyrie and KD, and then trade your young talent for the right kind of role players to surround them. I.e., you trade for a Robert Covington, you trade for a Josh Richardson out of Miami. Um, and like maybe you can you can find a way to sign you know a a, um, a, a dude with a room level exception of like four point. Seven six million dollars a year um, on a two year deal. Um, that's certainly a possibility. You could get some kind of quality player out of that, um, but like that would be that would be one way. Or you could um, sign KD, sign a bunch of really good role players, and then trade for Anthony Davis. I just prefer the latter option. Your other option is sign Kyrie, KD, and then trade all of your young players for Anthony Davis, and then you're just so thin um, that you're completely reliant on three different dudes who have various injury histories, um, KD's being the least concerning, um, but he obviously had that foot issue. Um, Kyrie's got the knee issue. Anthony Davis has a slew of like minor issues, but still issues. Um, you lose any one of those guys, you're fucked. Um, and it, maybe even if, All of those guys are healthy. You're fucked just because you don't have anybody to surround them. Um, I I I think we're seeing it play out in um, Milwaukee right now. You know they have one superstar and then just a bunch of great fucking players around them. They've got an all star in Milton and and then just solid fucking role players. Um, And I think that is probably given the way the cap is now. I think that's probably the best way you don't want to incorporate or invest all of your money into three superstars. If you don't already have an existing foundation of good role players to, um, you know, for them to play along with, I, I, I just don't like that scenario, um, for the Knicks, uh, if, you know, it, it, if your ultimate ob- objective, which one would have to think it would be, is to win a championship.
1: I I don't necessarily dis- disagree with you. And I hate that term because whenever someone says it, it's like, well, you do. Um, but when I say <laughs> it, I mean I, I agree somewhat with what you're saying, just not fully. Um, the reason being is it all depends on Durant. And when everyone talks about legacy moves and stuff like that, Durant is already going to go down as one of the greatest scorers ever. Um, So to me, it's like I think think we kind of stress a little bit too much about his legacy as if he won't still make it to the Hall of Fame, as if he won't still go down, is um, one of the top ten best players ever. I think he can crack that top ten when it's all said and done. Um, because of how he's transformed himself not only offensively but defensively because I don't think he ever played defense the way he is now back in OKC because um, they could have used yeah, that, like, him like a lot.
0: Yeah, him being hurt right now is a I, – I don't, I don't want to be like a prisoner of the moment, but I, taking just a pulse from the situation, him being hurt right now is not doing anything for his legacy because Golden State is just playing fucking great without him. Um, And I feel like the narrative right now, and I feel like deservedly so, is, yeah, this team never really needed you. And that's just a point of fact. They did never really need him. And, you know, I have been one to say in the past, especially um, after last season's effort. Um, from Durant and what he meant to their championship run and essentially getting past Houston, um, you know, I, you know, I said, well, you know, they probably don't win that uh, championship without Durant. I'm like for right or wrong, I'm rethinking that at this point in time, just looking at the way this team is playing and knowing how they played before they got him, Like, I, I don't know, maybe, Maybe not. Like maybe not that they're. I think it's ludicrous to think that they're better without him. But maybe they're just as good without him because of like the freedom and what those players are able to do. Um, or if not just as good without him, like good enough um, to 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 still have won a championship. And I think that's gonna like just ride over him. Uh, you know, until he kind of makes his own way. And if he just joins another super team,
1: he's still going to have that like hanging over his head. But see, the, the only reason why I don't put much merit into that is, remember when Jordan left the NBA, how Scottie Pippen was a, uh, you however you want to go in it, he, he was a, some say it was a missed call or a blown call away from them going back to the finals. So it's like, all right, well, Scotty was good enough to take that team to the Eastern Conference Finals and potentially the NBA Finals without Jordan. We don't ever say, like, oh, well, Scotty could do it without Jordan. Like, no, no, no. You, you need Jordan. Like, you need Jordan um, to, to win me, a championship, like you, yeah. Right. So to me, I look at the Warriors and I go, well, everyone knew you were joining a stacked team. So it's not weird that the stacked team can win without you, they won before you. So, to me, I don't necessarily That's hold that essentially against legacy. Essentially, my point though. No, but I'm saying, to me, if when Durant got there, he didn't enhance that team, um, because like Skip Bayless said, um, not Skip Bayless, I'm sorry, Shannon said, he made a, a, a team that was all time great, unbeatable. So, to me, that means you enhanced that sure. team. You took their. You took their percentages from ninety percent chance of winning an and, NBA championship to like a hundred and fifty. And you made it. So to me, right?
0: Well, with, and, and with here's you, the
1: thing, go ahead. and that's and that, I don't think
0: that's debatable. I think you're absolutely right there. But what comes with that, for any like objective, uh, uh, uh person like looking onto this situation, is the narrative that you know you cakewalk walk your way to two probably three uh finals appearances at least two um it, barring any any sort of like um, catastrophic injuries or anything three finals appearances um and mm-hmm. potentially at least two potentially three championships um and yeah you were you know you were the the uh MVP in uh, two finals MVPs and all that um But nevertheless, you, like, cakewalked your way into it um, by joining a team that was already so stacked. So, like, the notion that he would want to leave that stacked team to join another stacked, quote-unquote, stacked team, regardless of whether they're really stacked and how the chemistry works, um, I I don't see that. I don't think that's what – in fact, um, a lot of people have a lot of takes on the whole tunnel footage of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Um, my personal take on it, like, you can see, like, come on, people. Like, he definitely says two max spots. Like, if you don't think he says that, then, like, you're terrible at reading lips. Um, But, you know, Katie's reaction to that was kind of like, man like I don't want to talk about this right now I don't know man like I don't even know what I'm going to do like I don't think he wants to go there with Kyrie I don't think he does I think he wants to go there and be the guy and like training for Anthony Davis is one thing because that's not a guy who's gonna also think he should take the last shot at the end of the game it's also a guy who's never won before it's also a guy who just fits much better with him um but, like, you take those two guys and surround them with role players, um, that's not uh, – if he leads that New York team to a championship, I think it's going to be a lot better for his legacy. And, I honestly, again, I think it would be easier to lead a New York team to a championship with Anthony Davis and a lot of great, solid, defensive-minded role players who can hit threes um, beside you than – simply Kyrie Irving.
1: I don't necessarily disagree with that, but again, that that's to, to to the point I was trying to make. It all depends on what, what Durant thinks, because again, to me, at the end of the day, you play basketball professionally for championships. You play it for the accolades, right. and you play it to try to be one of the greatest to ever do it. He has accomplished all that. There is no, as much as we would like to, to think, there's no asterisk. When you become a Hall of Famer, there's no asterisk when you win an NBA championship. Um, like, well, unless you're me, the, I, I, unless
0: you play baseball.
1: <laughs> oh right, yes, yes, unless you play baseball. Um, but to me, it, it all depends. We know how sensitive he is, but to me, it all depends. Like, do you care that like 30 years from now, that might be what they what they're talking about in barbershops, shops that you join the Warriors? I don't think it matters. And then you possibly I don't think it, ma- but see. I don't, so it, well, no, matter, I don't think it matters but, to him what they're – well, no, here's I don't think it matters
0: to him what they say 30 years from now. I think it matters to Durant what they say now, and I think that has been proven with his burner accounts and all that. Like that matters to him. As much as he tries to say it doesn't, it does. But that's
1: my thing. And it's a lose-lose situation because if you, if you stay, it's going to be – all right, your legacy is now the only time you've won championships is with that stack team. Even though I don't think if he stays, they they keep Clay. I, I do think Clay does kind of feel out and see if he wants to go somewhere else. Um, financially, I know they can keep Clay. I think I'm it's more saying. likely. I don't know if he Clay wants to
0: trade Draymond, but
1: probably my okay I, I'm sorry, let me let me rephrase it don't that. I think on one of, of that big four yes, right, yeah, definitely, Absolutely. um, but my thing is if you if you're Durant and his mindset is what you're saying, Nick, on the idea of not leaving a super team to make another super team, that's going to be the the conversation they have if it's just you and LeBron, if it's just you and AD, if it's just you, uh, Steph and Clay, if it's just you and uh, uh, you know, Kyrie if they stay in Boston and you trade all those pieces, or if you go to Boston and it's you and just Anthony Davis, that's just going to be the conversation everywhere. Unless you go to a franchise that cannot afford to bring in another superstar and then they just build around you. That's the only thing. But if you go to New York, there's so, no like way the Hawks. if you go to New York and Kyrie says, I want to come, there's no way they say no to Kyrie. So you're going to make another super team wherever you go. I
0: think I I think this. I think if KD goes to, what, Steve Mills and says, I want to sign here, and I'm down with y'all trading for Anthony Davis, but I want y'all to put some, like, really good role players around me. I don't want Kyrie. I don't think you say no to that. I don't think you say I don't
1: think so either, but I don't think if you're Durant, I don't think you go Kyrie, Patrick Beverly. I'm I'm going to go Patrick Beverly. He fits me more. Like I don't think you say that. I think you go with the sure thing. Well, no, I know. Again, though,
0: it's not you, you, you're you're your short Cutting this argument because, like, it's like it's not just Patrick Beverly. It's if if you no, I, I, sign, I you.
1: I'm just saying you, with with that position, you can sign three
0: solid role players with the money that you have to pay Kyrie. Is what I'm saying.
1: I completely get you, and I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I'm just saying I find it very hard to believe that Durant would say no to a talent like Kyrie Irving. I get your point. Mm-hmm. On It's just – it worked out a lot better. I just – I don't see it. I think you like being able to rely on the fact that you can look to your left, you can look to your right, regardless of what else is around you. You know that you have two juggernauts on both ends. So if you're not – if you don't have it one night, they got it. I think it
0: sucks that – I think it would suck for Kevin Durant to look to your left and look to your right and know that no matter which direction you're looking – You've got a guy who doesn't play defense because um, that's the thing. Kevin Durant can hit all the shots that Kyrie can plus some. So, like, why do I need a guy who can, like, hit clutch shots? I, like, I need a guy who can fucking play some defense. Um, and to me, that's my mindset. But we've belabored this point. I, I think we've both got our points across. Um Very well. We need to move on. We need to get back into the draft. Um, So, obviously, um, Pelicans have a big decision ahead of them as far as what they do with Anthony Anthony Davis. Um, And you know, they're 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 going to have a lot of options there. um, And I have no doubt that David Griffin will make you know whatever trade that he thinks is the best in conjunction with um, Gail Benson not wanting him to send him to the Lakers. Um, just real quick, one more reason why I wouldn't send him to the Lakers. Um, you – if you send him to the Knicks um, and the Lakers strike out in free agency, you could call up the Lakers and be like, "What what's going to give us for Drew Holiday? Because Drew Holiday would be a fucking perfect fit for um, LeBron James. Like, but fucking wing uh, – I'm sorry, uh, guard who – plays elite defense, uh, can shoot, uh, can play on and off the ball. Like, that is exactly the kind of player that you would want next to LeBron James. In fact, when I, um, I saw a question posted recently, like, like uh, what, what would be the perfect lineup constructed around LeBron? And, like, for me, it was, like, Drew Holiday, Klay Thompson, Robert Covington, and like a Dwayne Dedman, like somebody who could play defense and like step out and hit threes, or or, or maybe Miles Turner, one one of those two guys. Um, but uh, but regardless, um, uh, they're 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 obviously going to have like their their pick of the litter as far as where they want to send him. I think it would be a mistake to try and keep him even up until the trade deadline because you're going to um, drastically. Uh, harm your ability to get as many assets as possible um, if you do that for a, a number of reasons. Um, but we'll see. We'll uh-huh. see how that plays out. Let's move on to Memphis. Memphis at number two, um, my initial reaction was like maybe they kind of they, – they take R.J. Barrett because they could play Conley, Barrett, and um, uh, Jackson – Um, And that would be kind of a a reasonably good big three. They still owe the pick to Boston, so they they don't want to be – like there's no incentive for them to tank. Um, But all reports indicate that they are really high on John Morant. They want to take John Morant, which means they will most likely trade Mike Connolly if they they do go down that road. Um, I think that's probably better for them long-term simply because I think Ja Morant and um uh Jackson like that that that's just a great fit like you always want to have like um a, an elite guard and an elite big um that's that's just a recipe for success uh we've seen it played out time and time again um, granted in today's NBA you really want elite wing players um but nevertheless like I, you know I think there's certainly the possibility that you could find the next RJ maybe a little easier than you could find the next jaw. Um, so that makes sense to me that they would want to take jaw. Um, I, I, I think that's the smarter decision. I didn't necessarily trust Memphis to make the smarter decision um, because uh-huh. you've already traded away the pick. Um, you know, it at this point, it doesn't matter where it conveys or how that looks how that reflects upon you it's already gone so like just make the best decisions for your future it seems like that's what they're doing so good on them um, my question is if you take jaw like where are you trading conley i actually i threw this out to the group not too long ago i think trading conley to the celtics for um Gordon Hayward, and a draft pick, whether it be number 14, number 20, number 22, I would think you could get number 14 out of that trade, honestly. Um, some people have even said maybe two of those picks, maybe twenty, twenty-two, fourteen, 14, and 22. Um, I think that's aiming a little high in my opinion. Um, but to me, if you can get John Morant, Gordon Hayward, Jaron Jackson, you still have Valanchunas for another year, unless he opts out, which I doubt. Um, And uh, you still have Dylan Brooks. Uh, You you may potentially keep Avery Bradley. Um, I I like – I really like that lineup. I think that would be very solid for them. And there is certainly the potential that, you know, uh, Gordon Hayward could, you know, essentially make a a very nice comeback showing next season. Um, And I just think that would be probably, as far as what I can see, you know, surveying the league, the best case scenario um, for them as far as what you could get back from Mike Connolly being that um, Hayward has been so disappointing for the Celtics and given that they have so many draft picks um, in this upcoming draft that they would not want to keep all of those and take all of those um, what are your thoughts on them taking ja uh, uh, on the reports coming out that they are you know very uh very high on ja and and in all likelihood will take him um and and what do you think they should do with Conley
1: um I would like to see if Kawhi stays. I'd like to see Conley in, in Toronto, um, but as far as John Morant, um, I, that was something I I immediately thought um, when they got that second pick. Uh, it was just like, Conley's getting up there in age, has had injury issues. If you can find someone to take that contract, you 100% draft his replacement. Um, and it's not just like, oh, I'm gonna draft someone who could potentially you know uh, fill that spot. Like, no, no, John Morant's gonna come into the league and and be really. Really good. Um, so it's just like you don't skip out on that. The same way I'm like I'm hearing the Knicks are like they're looking at other players besides just RJ Barrett, and I'm like, Cool, look, but no, you're gonna draft RJ Barrett. Like that's that's obvious. You, you you don't pass up on that. I think the first year do your due diligence the more but, obvious. Yeah, do your due diligence, yeah. but like
0: let's let's not get crazy here. <laughs>
1: Right, just like if the Pelicans came out tomorrow and was like, "Oh, we're, we're evaluating." No, no, no. You draft Zion. Like that should have, that should have been obvious. Like when you got that number one. Like don't be stupid. Number one, number two, and number three should be Zion, John Morant, R.J. Barrett. Now, if the Knicks and Grizzlies want to swap that for whatever strange reason, cool. But by no means should that draft that one, two, three go any differently than those three names. Um. But yeah, that that to me was was you know. I don't want to say obvious, but that was the immediate thought that I had when, when I saw they had that number two pick. Um, and I think he'd be be really good down there in Memphis. I, I know I told you I, I hate watching their, their uh, the way they play basketball, but I would love to, to watch Sean Morant. Um, Obviously, wouldn't have as many opportunities because they don't really showcase Grizzly Kings, um on ESPN or, or NBA TV or TNZ. Um, so I'd have to search for them. Um, But, yeah, my biggest thing I wanted to ask you, Nick, was if they make that Boston trade, right? is there any possible way? I know Boston would never be stupid to do this, Nick, but I just want the Memphis Grizzlies to get up off of this guy. Is there any way someone can take Chandler Parsons off of this? (laughs) Especially if you're bringing in a better version of Chandler Parsons with Gordon Hayward.
0: I think... Yes, um, but it would require you to take on more long-term salary. So I think the fact that he's now an expiring contract at, at, I want to say, around $24 million, which is just fucking crazy, (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, no, I think you could trade him. I think it's going to take the right team um, who has long-term or at least like a a salary with an additional year on it that they do not want, and there are not a lot of teams that fit that bill. Um, Like I would say, for instance, if Charlotte were to keep Kimba, like maybe they would be like, all right, well, if you take on Nicholas Batum, we'll take back, you know, the expiring contract of Chandler Parsons and give you – you know, a, a a first round pick, top four protected or whatever, um for, you know, the twenty twenty draft. Um like something like that. Um that's the first one that comes to mind. I think Miami is certainly a possibility because um they have a lot of long term contracts that maybe they want to get off of, like a Dion waiters, um and, and potentially like a um uh I think they picked up uh um Ryan Anderson so like if you could flip both of those guys um and get back an expiring um that like that's certainly a possibility and maybe you would say we'll give you the number 13 pick um you know if if you do that um but nevertheless it, it's it's it, it's only going to be if if you take on like additional salary additional long-term salary um, and actually, I think Ryan Anderson is expiring, so that's that wouldn't be the best um, best comp. I would say maybe uh, Johnson, James Johnson. So if you took on Dion Waiters and James Johnson, um, you know, and you get a number thirteen overall pick in this year's draft, like maybe that is how you work that out. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's the only way that that ends up panning out.
1: To me, if I'm Memphis, taking on salary is not what I'm really concerned about, mainly because, again, I agree. no free no free agents are coming to Memphis. My biggest issue Absolutely. is I'm paying a lot of money to a guy who's not playing. Um, that's right. my biggest issue. I don't mind paying. Like, if I get Dion Waiters and you said James Johnson, right? Those are both yeah. really yeah. good players. Um, really solid uh, guys sir- that I would okay love to- players. Okay, I'm sorry. Solid guys, we'll but say that. hey, solid guys. compared to Chandler Parsons, they're really good players. <laughs> yes, 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 and that's so they're they're amazing. Um, but no, I would love to have guys like that. Deion Waiters kind of gives me a Grizzlies feel, um, and I think he can make that, yeah, out on, uh, can that. for himself. I would, you, I would put you put, the you one put thing, him
0: next to you put him next to John. and then you got Jaron Jackson. That's what I was about and James to James playing the four, um, yeah. and then they have a uh, Kyle Anderson. Um And Dylan Brooks, like, yeah, I mean that's not bad. And if you get like a draft pick for it, and again, like you said, like it's not like you're you're a free agency destination. So I no, I mean I, I kind of like that trade. And for Miami, if you can get off, I want to say almost the, between twenty five and thirty million dollars next season, um. That, like, that might be beneficial to you. Um, Dragic and Whiteside are both expiring. Um, so, you know, then you're, you're looking at a team with uh, essentially like um, uh, Josh Richardson, uh, Justice Winslow, uh, Kelly Olenek, Um And then, you know, I, I would have to take a deep dive into what their, what their cap would be outside of um, those players – but, uh bam, out of bio would be there um but like I, potentially you might even open up a max cap slot is what what, what I'm getting at if you're Miami in twenty twenty um mm-hmm. so I, I mean that Miami is the kind of team that would um give up draft assets to get off salary in order to open up max uh you know max uh contract uh position so yeah, I mean, that 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 might be kind of their best bet. Um, but nevertheless, like, you – if you're Memphis, you ultimately would totally be fine with taking on an additional year of salary, um, mm-hmm. simply like you said, because you're not attracting free agents. Nope.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it, I would say the one thing to be careful of, Tyree and Deion Waiters didn't work. That's why Deion Waiters had to go. So, I just <laughs> – you mentioned right. if you get Dion Waiters, you just you, you watch that. You make sure Dion and Ja right. aren't are secretly beefing because if Button they can work
0: or anything. they
1: could yeah. be yeah, if they if they can work together, they could be really good for each other. Um but I could quickly see how egos would be an issue between the two. Dion Waiters swears sure. he's um one of the top ten, if not five, best players in the league. Um right. I don't know why he thinks that, but he thinks that. Um so yeah. I can easily see him not liking John Morant being the face of the franchise over him. Um but again I, I don't I don't like to judge people. I'm just going off of the last time we've seen someone um up and coming uh butt heads with Dion Waiters happen to be Kyrie Irving. Um but sure. so we know they um, both personalities so.
0: Yeah, and like I mean that's an that's an obvious um Kind of an obvious decision if you're if you're the uh, the Grizzlies, like who you going to choose? So um, I wouldn't worry too much about (laughs) it. Um, But yeah, what I would be most worried about is just like Dion thinking I'm going to chuck 15 to 20 shots a game, and it's like, dude, stop shooting! Like we did, no, we're benching you. Like we don't, like (laughs) we don't need you shooting shots. Like you are not the future. The only reason we traded for you is you know to get an extra draft pick. So sit down. Um but yeah. But nevertheless, I think a jaw and Jaron Jackson pairing is, is really good. They obviously still have to convey that pick at some point to Boston. Um but I think you can get something out of Conley and I think, you know, just just don't be stupid. Just know that you have to give that pick to Boston. And it's already, like I said, it's already a, a lost cause. Um, don't worry about where that pick conveys. It's not yours. So what does it matter? Like just build your team the best you can around those two guys and just go from there. And I, I honestly, I'm, I was very happy to hear that they um, came out and said, yeah, we really like John Moran. Um, so Good for them. All right, Knicks picking third. We've already kind of discussed um, the, the the trade possibilities um, with them, so I don't I don't really want to spend more than about two minutes um, here on the Knicks. Um, but you know, what are your thoughts on? I I, I just want to because there's always the possibility um, that you know Katie and Kyrie or Katie and whoever don't come. Um, what are your thoughts? on how R.J. Barrett would fit with the existing players that you have if that ends up being the case.
1: If we're uh, – I almost said something super disrespectful. I almost said if we were stuck with. If we have to keep the youth movement that we have now, um, I, I'd, I'd completely be fine with it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I know you don't think much of, uh, of Kevin Knox, me and Joel do. Um, another year for Kevin Knox, uh, another year for Mitchell Robinson, another year for Trier. If going into the next season, our starting lineup is Dennis, uh, um, R.J. Barrett, Knox, Von Mitchell Robinson, I could live with that, having a bench of possibly – I'd slide
0: Trier in there and bounce everybody else down in position.
1: Say it one more time.
0: I would have DSJ, Trier – um, RJ knocks at the four, and then Mitchell.
1: Ooh, yikes! No, um, you definitely didn't watch him <laughs> at Kevin Knox this year. No, I would not put him at the four. Not at all. Not unless he um, he puts on a little bit more muscle, um, and he can kind of keep his head on straight defensively. Um, I tell you I what, know, I watched I'll, enough Kevin Knox to know he can't fucking shoot for shit. <laughs> no, no, I, I'll say this: he struggled. He he really did struggle. But if you watch him. Um, from December on to the the end of the season, he came on a lot better than he started. Um, but yeah, yes, no, I definitely I, don't... I, I did I
0: did see that. Like he he definitely, um, like he he definitely had your typical rookie season, in which he was struggled early. He was terribly inefficient, and he was still inefficient going on the stretch stretch, but a lot less inefficient. Um, that's his inefficiency was. More than your average rookie, but I think you also have to, like, juxtapose that with, um, yeah, they were such a young team that they allowed him to just shoot unconditionally, which is not your typical thing for rookies. Um, and they allowed him to shoot through it and build from it. Um, I, I, I don't dislike him going forward. I just think the notion that, um, that you would consider or that Joel – would consider him um a uh first team all rookie is just absurd like there's there's definitely 10 players out there who had better rookie seasons than Kevin Knox um like I'm not saying that there are 10 rookies out there who will have better careers than Kevin Knox cuz I still think he has that potential um but like he he just did not have a at any any way you can assess it a good rookie campaign
1: I will say, I think the biggest thing to go off of, sorry, is uh, when you're a fan of a team, the biggest thing you look at with your youth is potential. Um, And I think we grade him pretty high on what we think his potential is. Um, So I think we looked at it to where it was like, all right, it didn't start off great. He came on like like fire in, in the month of December and kind of maintained just being better overall. Mitchell Robinson the same way. He started off the year, he fouled out like almost every time his number was called. Um, After DeAndre Jordan got there, um, he just looked like a completely new player. Um, So it's just one of those things where it's like we think highly of those two guys because we've seen what they can do. It's now can you do it consistently? So if you plug in Dennis Smith Jr., R.J. Barrett, Knox, Von Leigh and um, Mitchell Robinson, I'm completely fine with that lineup going forward. I told you before, my mindset was, because I didn't think the Knicks were going to get Zion um, back when we were talking months ago. Um, right. And I, told, I remember telling you, Nick, I'm you okay with the, the youth movement. I was, I was okay yeah, with you the did. youth movement. Um, and then I said, um, you know, because I didn't think the Knicks could get Durant or Kyrie. I just was not confident on betting on them. Right. So I'm fine if we have to go with our youth movement going forward.
0: Yeah, and I I would agree. Um and I'm honestly, I think I think I like Mitchell Robinson just objectively speaking even more than you and Joel. <laughs> um like I think I have I think I think higher of him even than y'all do. Um just just personally. I, maybe that's not the case, but I at least have him Last time Joel and I shared our rookie rankings, I had Mitchell Robinson ranked higher than he did, um, because I've been super impressed with with Robinson. I think Mm. um, when he learns learns the game better, um, he's going to be fucking amazing. He's got all of the physical talent that you want. Um, He chases blocks too much. Um, When he learns when and when not to go for blocks, um, he's going to be a defensive nightmare for a ton of teams and the the, to me the biggest upside to Mitchell Robinson at least as of now and maybe through his first seven or eight seasons is going to be he has the foot speed and the lateral quickness to guard the perimeter which is most guard or most centers like his size like Rudy Gobert can't do that um even Clint Capella can't do that. They just get lost out when they have to move outside. Um, Robinson doesn't like he's got the athleticism remarkably despite his size to be able to keep up with guards, um, and he's got like like I said the foot speed. Like players will think they have a wide open three, and then all of a sudden he's out there blocking their shot. It's Giannis esque the way he can do that. Um and I I love that kid I I'm still so mad that the Hawks did not draft him when they had the opportunity to do so. Um, and I'm so but, glad uh, they didn't. Yeah, no, I bet you are like for good reason. Um, but no, he, he like he's I I think he's gonna be good. He's he's never gonna be a shooter. He's always um you know I I, I think. Like I said, I think his IQ has to get better, like knowing when and when yeah. not to go for blocks, knowing when to keep position. Um, but just, like, his 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 physical nature um, and, and his athleticism, like, um, just translates so well. And he's just so good at finishing around the rim. Like, some players just aren't good at that. Like, even bigs sometimes just aren't good at finishing around the rim. And he's really fucking good at it. Um if you get him the ball it, within three or four feet, like that is two points. Um, so like, yeah, I, I, I do like him a lot, um, a, a, a lot less high on uh, Knox. Um, personally, I, I've, I, again, not to say that Trier will have a better career than Knox. I just think Trier had a better season than Knox in my personal opinion. Um, but nevertheless, uh All right, let's move on. Uh, The Lakers got the number four spot. Um, A lot of interesting things the Lakers can do here. Obviously, this is kind of considered a three-person draft, so not the most ideal situation to be in. However, a lot better than being at number 11 or potentially even lower. Um, So the Lakers are looking good. They got number four. Um, They have a lot of young players I totally think they should try to trade Lonzo to the Suns for number six, um, and I don't honestly think it would be that hard of a sell. I think essentially you call up the Suns and you say, "Look, we are going to take Darius Garland because um, we think he has. Uh, we we want to trade this pick, and we think he has the most upside, and potentially the you know will be." Um, the player that can get us the most in return. Um, so he's not going to be available at six. So would you rather have Lonzo Ball or Kobe White? Um, and if I'm the Suns, I would rather have Lonzo Ball. Um, despite the injury history, um, I, I, I mean, the Suns have always had a, a very qualified um uh uh staff uh injury uh staff, whatever the fuck that's called. Um and uh you know, I, I just think the fit would be perfect. Um having uh a pass first excellent defensive point guard next to Booker would be terrific for them. Um I think Lonzo has to work on his shot. I think um Monty Williams has to try and get um, some more spacing on the floor. I think you've got to work Aiton out towards the three-point line. He does not have a, an ugly shot by any means, but like they never utilized him as any kind of floor spacer last season, um, and I, I, I think that was somewhat to a detriment. Um, for their their spacing and and what the other players can accomplish on that team, um, like ultimately, I want to utilize him um, at least in some sets, kind of as uh, Carl Anthony Towns is used, because um, I think he's capable. I don't think he's as good a shooter as Towns, but I think he can be like a league average three point shooter, um, and you know, I think it, it, if you were to to make that deal if you're Phoenix uh, and you get, you know, Lonzo, Booker, um, Bridges, uh, Warren, and Ayton as your starting five, um, that's, that's pretty fucking good. Like, you can build with that. And um, Phoenix reportedly wants to get some older players, some more veteran players. I, I, obviously, Lonzo's not what you would consider a veteran, but he would be a lot more ready to come in and help that team than any sort of rookie. Uh, coming in um, I, I just think that makes a lot of sense both for the Lakers and their um, trade assets and the Suns and them wanting to try and go out there and compete um, and just the fit uh, of Lonzo with that team um, and then you know if you make that deal you essentially if you have four and six then you can just take whatever wing player you desire most um, because you know that Cleveland at five is not going to take a point guard, um, so you could get Garland at six, and I would, you know, I would take Culver at four. But if you really like, you know, Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter or whoever, you just take them at four, and then you pick up Garland at six, and all of a sudden you've got like really good trade assets um, with both the four and the number six pick. Um, I don't know. I, I That is where my mind would be if I was Rob Palenka. Um What are your thoughts on the Lakers uh, getting number four? And obviously they, they're they going to want to package it. Um, but what do you think is the best way for them to bolster their, their trade package? Do you like my idea? Do you have a different idea?
1: I, this is one of the more tough ones um, because – like, if they didn't have LeBron, this would be, like, a really easy thing um, to kind of break down. I think it, everything begins and ends with you, you got to try to do whatever you can to get Bradley Beal. Um, I think if you're the Lakers, that's where it, everything begins, and ends. you need someone that can consistently help LeBron offensively. Right. Um, yeah. and, and Bradley Beal is your guy. So, does that take your pick? Maybe. I don't think it should. Um, I think it should probably take just your main uh, young core. Um, but who knows? Maybe it does take that pick. Um, and if it does, um, then you deal it to get Bradley here's Beal. Why I don't know what – why why.
0: Here's why I – if I'm Washington, I'd rather have the picks. John Wall is signed on for the next four years. at the Supermax, like, contract that is just an anchor on your team. If you take – Say you get number four, number six, and Kuzma for um, for Beal. Um, you don't have to pay number four or number six, whoever those players may be, um, until uh, John Wall is off your books. You don't have to pay them after their rookie, ex- you know, the, after their rookie contract until he's off your books. That's important, or it should be important to them, because like. You do not want to be paying a luxury tax team who is just going nowhere. Um, so I think if you can build with four, six, Kuzma, you got Troy Brown who showed a little bit of promise last year. I don't think he got anywhere close to enough playing time. Um, but he's, you know, I think he's decent. Um, and, you know, if you can combine. Those players, and then who, whoever you want to take at number nine, you know whether you 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 think, hey, well we can get like Jackson Hayes to be our center of the future or whatever. You got three players at that point who you don't have to pay, um, uh, you know their their next contract for the next four years, that the length of what John Wall's contract runs. That's big, like that. That is super beneficial for the Wizards. Um so that's another reason why I think even though your ultimate goal is obviously Anthony Davis, I I just don't think they're going to get Anthony Davis at this point no matter if they have the best offer or not. Um but you know, if if you can uh make the most appealing offer to Washington, then you know, that that getting Bradley Beal is obviously um something that uh you know you would you would love to have, and if you get Bradley Beal and you know let's say Ingram isn't like just his trade value has taken a shot since his blood clot issue, I don't mind having Ingram on my team with Beal and LeBron at all. Like if I have to give up Lonzo um, and uh, you know uh, Kuzma. And then the draft pick, however, any of that shakes out, um, then, you know, having Beale, Ingram, LeBron, and then having the cap space to go out and sign, uh, you know, a, a quality role playing point guard and a quality role playing center, uh, I'm fine with that. Like, that conceivably, if KD leaves Golden State, that's enough to make you um, a contender, uh, in my opinion, if LeBron, you know, comes back and is, you know, the LeBron that, you know, we've known for so long. Um, And I, yeah, I agree with you. I think Beal's the perfect compliment. Um, But, uh,
1: but yeah, go ahead. No, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Um, It's just one of those situations where it's like, I don't think drafting really matters because you should just trade that draft pick um, to secure getting Bradley Beal. So, because like I said, the Lakers are in a really uh, crazy situation. Like, it's not like they had a perfect roster. They just needed, like, one more big piece to kind of put them over. They kind of need everything, Uh top to bottom. Right. Um, So, it's like even getting Bradley Beal maybe gets you, what, 40 wins with LeBron, but, like, doesn't really get you anything else. Um, Maybe 50, but. Maybe 50, but we sure LeBron could play a full season. Because if not, can Bradley Beal get you 20 games? Like, can he by himself get you 20 games if need be?
0: We are not sure know. of that either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that's my point. I, I I, I, thought 40 to maybe leaning towards 50 was, was generous because it's like you're putting a lot on Bradley Beal. Um, right. You know,
0: again, yeah, you not need his fault right by around him. But I do, think, yeah, I do think at this point in time, if you, if you do make the trade for Beal, you're, I would be looking at keeping Ingram. Um, and I, like I said, I think Ingram down the stretch of that season um, played really well. I think in the games that LeBron came back and played um, before uh, he ended up sitting out the rest of the season, and Ingram did as well, I thought Ingram had kind of figured figured it out as far as how to play with LeBron, um, so I'm I'm less concerned about that bit now, and I think just as far as I don't really look at him like a trade asset um, or a valuable trade asset anymore because of the blood clot issue. So I think at this point you just keep him and hope that that blood clot issue doesn't come up again. And, you know, in the case of getting Beal, if you have Beal, Ingram, LeBron, and then, like I said, you sign, you're going to have to make, you know, moves on the margins. Um, but, you know, I mean, if you can get, again, I'm going to go back to these two names because these are the two names that I think if, if you have a competitive team, or if you have two all-stars um, and, you know, you need a couple role players to go around them at the one and the five and you have a uh, a player like LeBron James who, who you know, can distribute and, and essentially act as your point guard at times, I think Beverly and Dwayne Dedman would be great additions for them. Um, and you would definitely have the cap space to, to acquire both those players. Um, I I don't know. I like that. I really like that um, setup for the Lakers. I think if you had that kind of team, you'd be uh, – you'd be in position to make a run. Um, it's all going to depend on LeBron's health. It's going to depend on how well those pieces fit with him. But I think ultimately, I think um, I think Beal would be a outstanding compliment to LeBron, arguably better than Anthony Davis, not as a player, but just as a complimentary piece to LeBron. Um, and I have no doubt that, could um you know at least keep them afloat um if leBron is hurt or is resting um which you know if I'm the Lakers there's in no world do I play LeBron back to back next season. You gotta start thinking about treating him babying him like Kawhi, like Toronto did with I mean Kawhi.
1: I would even um I would even say a way to kind of um kind of meet the NBA halfway. Uh, If I'm the Lakers, I'm like, all right, cool. I know we're going to have a lot of televised games, especially if we get Bradley Beal. But even if we don't, because we have LeBron, what I would do is I would say, all right, you know, Adam Silver, if I promise to play LeBron for every major televised game, can I fit him for the uh, non-major televised games? Obviously, not all of them, but for uh, a good portion of them. I think that's a good way to meet like to kind of meet each other Because what we could we could assume the Lakers are going to be on major TV, like what, maybe 20, 25 times next year. Sounds about right. Um, and if it sounds about right, right. So that's 25 out of your yep. 82 games. Um, and then let's say if he only misses about 20 games, um you know, 20 to 25 games. So I think you're still making out really good there. Um, but the NBA does have to be sure. more realistic. The older guys like LeBron, D Wade, uh, Melo, Chris Paul, uh, Kawhi Leonard's not anywhere near that, but they still rest him like he is. Uh, but anytime you get players <laughs> around that age, you gotta kind of realize like the best way that you have them healthy for the playoffs, where you need them the most for your revenue, they gotta sit right. during the regular season, man. Like <laughs> it's just a, it's how it works, and I get it. Like fans that come from Australia to see the see LeBron play, but it happens to be the game he sat out. I'm sorry, but if you're a true fan, you want us to win a championship, right? I kind of need LeBron to be healthy going into uh, the playoffs. So uh, sure. sorry, you know, but buy a ticket closer to, um, you know, right around All Star break. That's usually where everyone's yeah. really playing. Um, no right. one really sits around that. Buy a ticket right. to- <laughs> any other time. I it's agree. 50
0: I totally agree. Or, you know, look at the national. Nationally televised games and buy a ticket for one of those games. Um, yep. And that that should be the meter, the meter stick, if you will. Um, but yeah, all right. So we're on board. We we both think that they should be looking at ultimately trying to trade for Davis. But we both think that that's less of a possibility. And and being that that's not a possibility, you look at trading for Bradley Beal. Um, I mentioned earlier. Um, maybe look at trading for Drew Holiday if you can't get Beal, or or if the asking price for Beal is too much. Um, I think any of those um, possibilities are are fine. I would not trade for Mike Conley. I know people have thrown that out there. His contract is just too much. It's thirty one million as opposed to like Beal's twenty seven, um, Drew's I think twenty six or twenty seven extra four million dollars is a lot, and like with Holiday and Beal, they're still young enough to where like they could be some kind of um, draw after LeBron starts to hit the downward spiral, um, or maybe even after he's off your team. Uh, whereas Conley, you're 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 looking strictly at um, you know uh, essentially. Uh, just matching LeBron's timeline and not looking forward at any point after that, um, I would not be on board with that trade. Um, I don't think they should do that at all, even if they can't get um, one of the other two guys. If you can't get one of the other two guys um, who can help you both with LeBron and after LeBron, then I'm just going with the young guys and maybe sitting down with LeBron and saying, look, if you want to be traded, we'll trade you. Give us a list who you want to be traded to. And we'll make it work, um, but like we we got to go, we got to do what's best for the franchise. Um, And trading for Mike Conley is not that. Um, So you know um, that that's just kind of where where my mindset is. And as far as you know, there there may be some other players who open up, uh, uh, who who become trade eligible. Um, based off various scenarios, and 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 that could obviously change the game too. Um, but Conley's not somebody that I'm going for if if I'm the Lakers. Um, I will, I will maybe if you had maybe maybe if you still had Dang, and you could get off Dang's contract along with some young players, and and you wouldn't have his five million dollar um, dead money hanging over your head. But if mm-hmm. you don't I'm I'm not doing that. But anyway, go ahead real quick before we move on to Cleveland.
1: No, I was going to say just super quick. I think the Lakers are the one organization that can't wait till after the draft to start making moves, whether they want to trade players and stuff like that. Mainly oh, I because think they
0: have to wait till after the draft because they don't have a match I think spot risk if they you, wait spot if they don't wait till after the draft.
1: Well, don't you think it could be a mistake of you drafting somebody that Wizards just don't want? Yes, but
0: at the same time, if they were to do what I suggest, like, well, okay, let's say they don't make any trades and they just draft number four. I think if you take Jarrett Culver at number four, any team will will want Jarrett Culver just because of his versatility. Um, But, like, if you you make the move that I suggested um, in trading Lonzo and you get, say, Culver and Garland – you know, Culver is just to me the type of player that any team would want and Garland's like upside and potential um could could be of super high value. Um and may he may even turn out to be like the best point guard out of this draft, despite how much I like Jaw. Um like it may be a case of, you know, Jaw being more Westbrookian and um Garland being more um Lillard like, um, and you know if that's if that ends up being the case, like, you, and and that is certainly that that potential is there, um, then you know I, I I would feel safe in making smart draft decisions, and you know picking guys best player available type situation and thinking that no matter who we trade these guys to, um, because their value is so high that you know we feel comfortable thinking that you know those are just as valuable as if they'd been able to pick for themselves i just me personally I, I i i get where you're coming from but i don't think um i don't think that the detriment is as high um as it would be as if you pick players to fit your team and then you're trying to trade those players away. You're just picking the best players. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. No. So, I, I completely anyway. get you. I I just thought that could kind of somewhat work against them, but I do get your point.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just if you if you take BPA, you you got a better shot at making those those trades, and I think that's what the Lakers will do. Um. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Cleveland got five. Um. Phoenix got six uh Bulls got 7 we'll get into the Hawks cuz I do want to take a little more time uh for them um but obviously all of these four teams in this scenario got pushed down 3 spots um very detrimental to all of these really 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 shitty teams um especially uh Cleveland and Phoenix um but I still think uh, you know, Cleveland has a good opportunity. My best guess is they're gonna really feel like Cam Reddish has enough upside, and they're going to take him. Um, it's just I got no intel on this. I just I, I just have a feeling in my gut about it. But um, obviously, there's there's other wing players they they could potentially take if Culver isn't taking number four, they could take him. Um, if Uh, you know um, they like Hunter's upside or at least his floor a lot more Um, you know they could obviously take him Um, so they 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 have a few options they're going nowhere um, so it it doesn't matter they're going to be right back in the same position next season they signed Kevin Love to that egregious contract and it's probably going to be even harder to trade him now than if they just had not signed that deal, honestly. Um, But, you know, uh, they do have some good young players. I mean, uh, I do feel like um, their young point guard uh, came on at the end of the season, um, kind of finally started knocking down some shots. Um, So that's a good sign. J.D. Osmond is, is, you know, a a reasonably good player. They have a lot of expiring contracts going into the season. So that gives them a lot of flexibility, um, as far as what they can do with that. They have a very, very high cap, um, dollar, uh, which obviously hurts their flexibility. Um, but like I said, like the expirings definitely help them to make some on the fringe moves to maybe accrue some more assets for the future. Um, so, yeah, I, I ultimately uh, – I think they take a wing player to, to you know, obviously um, be, you know, that, that kind of number two spot um, next to their point guard. I, I don't know why. I can't remember his name. What the fuck is his name? The point guard for who? Say it again. For Cleveland. For Cleveland. The oh, young point oh, guard yeah. from Alabama. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um... Oh, God. Hold on. I can't uh, remember
0: his fucking name either. I'm just drawing a This is going to kill me. Uh, Hold well, on. One of us will think of it in a second. But, like, yeah. nevertheless, like, I, I think you take a wing player to go alongside with him. Um, Whether, you know, like I said, whether it be uh, any of those three guys, um, you're going to want one of those. I think Cam Reddish is, is – I just feel like he's going to go there. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the best decision for them, um, but ultimately, out of any of the guys, whether it be Culver or Hunter or him, he's got the highest ceiling. So it makes sense that if you're a team in that position, you would roll the dice on the highest ceiling. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that makes sense for them. Sucks that they dropped this far, but, you know, nevertheless, it is what it is. And, um they'll they'll to me take a wing player and still suck next season and you know maybe cross their fingers for for a better lottery for them next season. Your thoughts
1: Colin Sexton is his name. Um, mm. the, the,
0: That's the good thing
1: of it to save my life. um but I was also reading as I was googling him uh, and looking through Twitter to find his name. Um, I was looking at reports that they're looking to try to trade up for RJ Barrett. Cause they really, really, really want RJ Barrett. Um, and the funny thing was, yeah. as you we were talking, I was looking through their roster. Like, there's no one the Knicks would want to give you, like, no. you know, to give you RJ Barrett. Like, you have nothing to offer us. Um, like, if you still had Kyrie, no, especially we'd give you RJ Barrett, especially because they don't, they don't want,
0: they don't want existing players who bolster their their cap and lessen their cap space. Right. So that's right. number 1. But number 2, hmm. like yeah, like I mean, I guess maybe if if you wanted to like give me Colin Sexton and I'll give you back Dennis Smith Jr. and flip 3 and 5 maybe, but even then
1: I, I don't know. I
0: it, to me it maybe. depends on it depends on how that how that affects your ability to deal with New Orleans? Like, if if New Orleans yeah. wanted me to do that, fine. But I I don't think New Orleans. I think New Orleans would rather just have R.J. Especially because R.J. has a relationship with with Zion. With so, Zion, right? Um, yeah, like I I mean I guess Cam does too, but like like not the same kind of relationship. Like they played on the same team, but. Like RJ and Zion were like are, are like super fucking tight. So like I I think that would be a you know a better situation if you will for for um, New York having that even despite DSJ not you know having the best trade value. Um, but like personally for me, I I don't I don't think Sexton's any better than Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> I just think that he's had the opportunity to just like play on a shitty team for all of the last season. Um, and Dennis Smith Jr. has had to kind of float around. Um And then he had to, you know, compete for touches with Luca this year. And then he went to New York and he played really well in the offset. But then I don't know what Fisdale was doing. Like, I, I, I don't know. Injured. Um Oh yeah, that's right. He did get, he did get injured. Um, mm-hmm. But like, nevertheless, I, I, no, there. No, there's nothing that I would want. I mean, unless you're going to offer me a future unprotected pick, which they're not going to offer. Um, I mean, yeah, one like thing we are forgetting. Then we could talk. But.
1: One thing we are forgetting, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying one thing we are forgetting is maybe they're not looking at the Knicks. Maybe they're looking at Mensis, and they're thinking, what if I Perhaps. give you love? Love and Sexton, because again we said they don't mind taking on contracts, and you give us yeah. that second pick, so we could get John Morant or we can get um, whoever. So I'm right. that's and you get you're Chandler, thinking, Chandler
0: Parsons and right, whatever other shitty contract you want to get off of.
1: Yeah, yeah right. That's a so possibility. That's thought, it would work because if I'm Memphis, there's no way I'm I'm turning down. Um, Sexton and Kevin Love. Even if you throw in, um, you know, Jr. just to get rid of them, um, and I do whatever I want to do with Jr. once I get them. Well, but now, you're me, getting, I'm, now I'm now like, you're getting a
0: little egregious with the cap, but.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I, th- the point I'm making is, like, whatever whatever it takes to make it work. If I'm Memphis, Kevin right. Love might be the biggest name I could get my hands on unless they can make that Celtics trade work. Um, that's I don't like the that contract. I think ahead, ultimately,
0: sorry. what I, what, honestly, what I would, if I'm this, I would rather just have, like, if you give me Sexton and the number five pick, then I'll send you number two. Like, we'll just leave it at that. Like, if you're willing to do it, which I, if I'm Cleveland, I wouldn't do that. Um, just, just, I, I'm not that high on RJ Barrett. Um, but, uh, but I mean, if you're willing to do that, I, I, I would make the deal. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I don't think there's, I don't, I don't think there's a path for them to get to RJ Barrett, given what they would have to give up and given where they are, just in my opinion.
1: I'm just saying if if I'm tabs, I know I don't have a lot going for me and at some point I'm going to have to trade Kevin Love. Uh, and you know no one's ever coming to Cleveland, free agent-wise. That's like a big name. So your idea yeah. is, to, is to start either drafting better um, or you're going to have to start figuring out ways to kind of develop better um, for what you already have, and then the, the draft right. enhances that. My, my point is if I'm
0: Memphis, I would rather have Chandler Parsons' expiring contract than Kevin Love. Overpaying Correct. Kevin Love for the next four years when I'm yep. rebuilding, no, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm I think you. if you're if you're gonna trade Kevin Love, you got to find a team that is trying to compete right now, and that's obviously not Memphis. So Trailblazers, yeah, Trailblazers, yep. I think that is definitely one of the teams that uh, do make sense. Um, the Jazz potentially also makes sense. Pacers, there's a few teams, um, but definitely, definitely not the Grizzlies. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. All right, Phoenix number six. Uh, you know they're, they're obviously going to be looking to take a point guard. I think either they trade, um, either they they. There's three possible outcomes here. They they trade for Lonzo Ball, or they take Darius Garland, or if he's gone, they take Kobe White. Um, If they don't draft a point guard in this draft, um, I will be utterly shocked (laughs) because that is absolutely what they need. Um, And there are, you know, two, you know, quote unquote blue chip point guard prospects that will be available um, where they pick at, at the very least one will be available um, and, you know, obviously I've spoken on this. I, I personally think they should trade for Lonzo Ball. I think he'd be a great fit. Um, but, you know, I, you got to take a point guard here. You, that just That's what you need as your team. Devin Booker is not a fucking point guard, and to try and make him into a point guard is a mistake in my opinion. Like, yeah, it worked for James Harden. Devin Booker is not James Harden. He, he's not. So, take a point guard, hopefully trade for Lonzo because of his defensive upside, um, but nevertheless, you can't come out of this draft without a point guard in some form or fashion. Um, What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, point guard is the obvious choice they should go with. What they'll actually go with, only Lord knows. Um, (laughs) Phoenix just kind of I don't want to say seems dysfunctional because I think Cleveland is the ultimate dysfunction, Cleveland and then Sacramento before they got like somewhat competitive. You no, know, I think, um, I think
0: Phoenix is yeah, tops, top It's there. the
1: worst. Oh, okay. I mean, look, look, it, yeah, it's bad. Dude, that Kevin his <laughs> article, man. That, that I'm Kevin not Arnivet's that article. Is yeah. It's, yeah, no, no, it's definitely bad. But I, I'll say this. I kind of think. Um, they know what they have to do and they'll make sure that they get it done. Um, you gotta you gotta take the ball out of um uh God, what's his name? Uh Booker. kid, Devin Booker's hands. He should not have the ball as much as he has. Someone else should be setting up plays, uh, and finding right. ways to get him better look and Yeah, you wanna see
0: him look. be more Clay Thompson on offense and less James Hart.
1: Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Beautifully yeah. said. So that
0: should be their goal. Whoever they pick, that should be their goal, Uh, to to maximize Devin Booker's talent, and that's the way you do it in um, our our humble opinions. Um, All right, Uh, Bulls also need a point guard. Um, I I, I think they take whoever – whatever point guard is available. If If it's Kobe White, they take him. If it's Garland, which it won't be, but if it is, they take him. Maybe they could get in on the Lonzo Ball trade sweepstakes if um, Phoenix doesn't have interest. Um, There's certainly that possibility too. Um, But one way or another, same deal with them. They need to take a point guard because Zach Levine, again, same kind of similar to Devin Booker. He's not a point guard. Um, And, again, he's an undersized shooting guard. You'd be very – it it would – suit you very well to take on Alonzo ball despite his injury concerns because of his defensive ability. Um, if you have Lonzo ball and, um, Porter, as far as your like top defenders, that's not bad. That's a pretty good defensive core, um, you know, guarding the wing for you. Uh, and they kind of cover up Levine's defensive liabilities. Um, you know, same as as what Lonzo would do for uh, Phoenix. So I, I think that should be their focus. If everybody else is gone, uh, like if, if for some reason Garland and Kobe White are both gone and Lonzo's not on the table, then you just take best player available and hope that you can make some kind of trade at some point in the future. Um, you don't want to go for somebody who's, too old. I definitely don't go for Mike Connolly. I wouldn't even go for a Drew Holiday. Um, But, you know, maybe you'd take a flyer on Marco Fultz or something like that. Um, But, nevertheless, that uh, is their obvious need is point guard, and that's what they should be addressing, your thoughts.
1: Yeah, no. I can make this super short. Yes, you should only be looking at point guards. Um, Zach Levine, as well as he is scoring should never be your primary ball handler. Um as far as making decisions. Um he's just not what he does, him or Booker. Um so get get them a point guard. That that that's hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Hawks.
0: I have had time to come to grips with the fact that the Hawks moved down three spots. Um this was almost the worst case scenario for the Hawks. The only thing that would have made it worse is if um Dallas had, had moved up instead of say like Memphis or new Orleans. Um, so at least we got to keep the Dallas pick Hawks have eight and 10. Um, I'm looking at wing players. I'm a lot of Hawks fans want us to draft a center. Like dude, John Collins is, is a tweener. He's not a true four. He's not a true five, but I think you maximize his potential as a center. Um, he, like, look, he's never going to be, like, great defensively um, in the post, but he has more potential to have defensive upside in the post than he does trying to guard on the wing. He doesn't have the lateral quickness to guard on the wing. Like, he he, he has more uh, upside trying to guard the post, which he showed at the end of last season. He got a shit ton of blocks when they finally, like, put him in the post at the end of last season. Um, he, he's got a high IQ. Um, I just think that's where you're going. He's, he's going to have holes no matter where you put him. He's going to have less holes if you put him at the five, just in my opinion. Um, so with that being said, I'm looking at taking two wings with eight and ten. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take who, you know, out of all the wings, I think there's two wings that could fall to eight. It's either going to be Hunter or it's going to be um, – Cam Radish, my bet would be Hunter, Um, but either – you take either one of those guys, whoever falls to eight, and then you cross your fingers and hope you get Nazir Little out of UNC at number 10. Um, There's a chance that the the Wizards could take him at nine, um, at at which point I would probably take Siku Domboya, the the, um, international player. Um, who's like six nine, got a crazy big wingspan, um, and kind of it kind of seems like a a, a Pascal Siakam type. Um, I w- I would definitely not be totally um, pissed off or upset if if that's who we got at ten. Um, but I I you you got to take players to help your wing. Um, another you know player like is taking is Kevin Porter Jr. out of USC. Um, he's more of a two guard, um, but he's got more way more defensive upside upside than Kevin Herder. Um, and you know, if you could utilize Kevin Herter as like a um, a plug and play guy, a sixth or seventh man, I think that I, he reminds me a lot of Korver with a little more defensive upside um, and maybe a little more playmaking ability. Um, but he's definitely not, like, an elite or clutch defender. He never will have that upside. Um, and, you know, when you have Trey Young, you probably need to have an elite um, uh, guard defender. Um, so th- th- I do think there's the possibility of him at number 10 if little is gone in lieu of Siku Damboya. Um But ultimately, I think you bolster your wings. If you're the Hawks, y- y- you know, Maybe you trade Torian Prince. Maybe you keep him. We have a lot of wing players, but you never have too many. Um, And I think you – the biggest reason I think you do this is you never know how draft picks turn out. So, like, the wing position, you're set at guard. Um, John Collins is is a very good big. Um, You take two wing players because you're essentially crossing your fingers that at least one of them pans out to be a – Future all star. And uh, so that way you have that big three of those three guys. Uh, you have a, a guard, a point guard, a wing, and a big. Um, and use that as your foundation. Um, and I'm cool with that. Like it sucks we dropped to eight, but you know, there, there's still potential there. There's still um, options there. Um, and I think that's the route you go. You do not waste a top 10 pick, i.e. your number 10 pick, on a center when you already have John Collins. I don't care what the defensive upside of the center is because, like I said, if you put John Collins on the wing and you have him try to guard fours um, on the wing, you're going to have the same problem. So we're coming into even more of a – League in which, uh, you know, really big centers are even more insignificant than ever before. Um, So I have no problem with playing Collins at the five and looking to capitalize on as many wing players as you can get. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I kind of would love Reddish for you guys, like, a lot. Um, I I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, I think he'd be a lot of fun to see him and uh in Trey together. I I don't know I don't know what I definitely don't want to center and and I agree with you. Um, I I told you I still to this day think one of the worst decisions ever in NBA history was taking Darko Milicic over Carmelo Anthony when you could have been a dynasty if you The worst decision. Um. God. Yeah, so it's like so, so bad don't make that decision. Like, be smart. You get you get who the best player is. You don't get just one-sided who can give me the best defense. Or you get someone that you can kind of get in the middle of both um, and is still the best available player. Um, I, I trust the Hawks. I think what you guys have been doing, I, I, I think the biggest reason why I trust them is no one thought Trey Young um, would be as good in his first year as he was. And a lot of people were thinking, no way you take Trey Young over Luka Doncic
0: and you see where right. we are now. Myself so included. Hawks, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I trust the Hawks organization because if you're smart enough to decipher that and see the difference between the two, um, then I think you're smart and enough to understand. And get the extra pick, yeah. Yes, and get the extra pick. I think you're smart enough to understand who you need in this draft and who, better, and who best fits your team. So I, I'm going to have to side with that, uh, with trusting that very, very good organization you guys got over there.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, in, in Schlink, we trust. Uh, Travis Schlink has done an amazing job. All right, we got just about two minutes left. Uh, so Wizards are at nine, Timberwolves at 11, Hornets at 12, Heat at 13, Celtics at 14. Um, which of these stand out to you as far as um, teams that, you know, you're looking at saying, you know, this is, this is the kind of player that they need to get, um, and, you know, uh, you know, as far as, as far as how they build for their future.
1: Oh, geez. I, honestly, to be completely honest with you, Nick, none of them. I, after 10, I don't even know <laughs> They're all who's the best player. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't, I don't know who you did after 10. 10, I thought, was, was somewhat of a stretch. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Especially if you're Washington, it's like you have Beal for the time you, being. You're you stuck are with John Wall. Like, what do you? Doing? Yeah, you're
0: you're, <laughs> it, you're you're the classic case of two years away from being two years away, and that's because 100%. you have John Wall hanging over your head. A hundred percent. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I, I'll say this for Minnesota, despite the fact that they have Dario Saric, I would really like them to pick up Brandon Clark, um, out of Gonzaga. 6'8", um, uh, big, who like is multi defensively is multi-positional, um, but offensively he can't really shoot. Um, but you pair him with a center like Carl Anthony Towns who could stretch the floor, I think he works out great. I think you would have to figure out what you're going to do with Dario Saric at that point. Try to move him for something. Um, but I, I like that fit a lot. And I don't think the way this lottery shook out, I don't think there's going to be a point guard available so um, that you can really, you know, bank on. I think uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Shea Gilge's Alexander's cousin uh, will be available there. Um, but I just don't know. Like, I don't know that you can bank on him being a point guard. He, he's more of a combo guard. Um, so I, I, I don't know if that's going to be your best option, but that would be my second choice. Um, so yeah, that, that, that would be my insight into one of those five teams. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we're going to have geek vibes live tomorrow at four o'clock Sunday. So be sure to tune into that. Um, and we will be back full court press next Tuesday to break down all of the conference finals action. So be sure to tune into that. Um, excellent episode of Geeks Against the Grain last night. I listened to it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. it. Um, Glad you had the honorable mention of Die Hard, Jawan. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) But until then, uh, we'll see you very soon.
1: Peace. Peace.